Hello listeners and welcome to Talk to Touch, the weekly podcast where I discuss living an LGBTQ plus life to build a strong and united community because connection starts with open conversation. I am your host, Denver Shai. The LGBTQ plus community have been fighting against sexual orientation discrimination for decades and we have won many battles and we have won the right to live freely without the threat of imprisonment, though in some parts of the world that still isn't the case and the battle is still being fought. I mean, here and recently, Scotland has just had their gender recognition bill blocked. So this is another sign that we do need to keep moving forward. We do need to still keep fighting for the rights and freedoms for all. But I wanted to remind us of a couple of people who have gone before, who are no longer alive, but they have helped to forge the way for the lives we live today. And it's amazing to look back and remember. And these two people I've never heard of. Maybe I should have heard of one of them, but the other I hadn't. So I wanted to share them with you because I think their stories are amazing. And to inspire us to remember that actually, although things can be and are still tough for many, even in parts of the world where freedom, because of your sexual orientation, you know, you should still have that freedom. There are still battles that people are having to deal with in the workplace, at home, and in general. So I wanted to remind us of people who have helped us to to live the lives we have today, that freedom. Because, for example, being able to have pride parades, being able to put up a pride flag in your shop, even what you wear, just being queer, just being different and being able to walk down the street and have that freedom, it really is incredible. And sometimes to remember the struggles that others have had before us, it's a good thing to remember, to be reminded. As a black woman, I always remember the struggles. It's something that I think black and brown people will never forget. For some it can be easy to forget that there are challenges, there are difficulties. But you know what? We can all stand together and we can all remember that we all have our battles and our challenges. But you know, we also have some amazing and incredible times. When I went to Pride last year, it was flipping fantastic. I loved it. And I'm really hoping I get to go to Pride this year. So let me just share with you these two people that I hadn't heard of but I hope you enjoy their stories. Sylvia Rivera was born in 1951 and passed in 2002. Now, we often hear about Marsha P. Johnson, but I hadn't heard of Sylvia, who was a close friend of Marsha's and fought with her with the Stonewall riots. Although Rivera was assigned male at birth, Rivera was a self-identified drag queen who stood firmly for transgender and gender non-conforming rights. At the age of 17, Rivera was very active in the Stonewall Revolution on June 28th, 1969. Rivera managed to resist arrests and also led a lot of protests that took place at that time. Along with Johnson, Rivera founded STAR, Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries. And this is a group that was focused on providing shelter and support for the queer homeless youth at that time. Now, even within the gay community, 
both Sylvia and Marsha fought against the gay rights that would not embrace the gender expression. It was a really challenging time for them to try and get the community to embrace and support them and to be included in the fight for gay and queer rights. At the 1973 Gay Pride Parade, despite the tireless work and advocacy that Rivera had done, Rivera was not allowed to speak at that parade. But she grabbed the microphone anyway and she said to the spectators, if it wasn't for the drag queen, there would be no gay liberation movement. We're the frontliners. And although Rivera was booed off the stage, that was ballsy. I do not doubt that Rivera knew that this was going to happen because they were already fighting for transgender rights. They were already trying to get the gay community to recognise and see them. But you know what? Rivera got up there and fought anyway. Very active in fighting for trans rights, many of the battles that they had were with the Gay Activists Alliance, GAA, which came about as a result of the Stonewall anyway. And yet, the Gay Activists Alliance rejected the role of transgender people, the majority of whom were people of colour. They rejected the role that they had played in the uprising. And yet, had it not been for that uprising, the GAA may not have existed in the first place. Throughout her life, Rivera fought against the exclusion of transgender people of colour from the larger gay rights movements, issues which people of colour still face today. Now, we may think, well, it's not as bad as it used to be. Well, if that was the case, why do we have Black Pride? After a period away, Rivera did come back and finally made peace with the gay rights movement. And they became more inclusive. Fortunately, they became more LGBTQ+. They were not just standing for the gay community. They were becoming more open and more accepting. Because the thing is, we are stronger when we stand together. There's no point in the division, this group and that group and that group, it's so much stronger when we stand together. So to discover that they were able to make peace and finally become more inclusive is a real joy to read and to discover. Rivera left a huge legacy behind and when we discover the life that Sylvia Rivera had lived, you soon realise just how much work how much Rivera had given, just like Marsha P. Johnson. Amazing people who fought for the rights of the LGBTQ plus community, who fought for trans rights. And I have no doubt that were they here today in Britain, they would definitely be standing up and speaking out and the movement would be powerful, just as it is today. So there are many people that are still standing up and fighting for the rights of people to be able to live as they see themselves, not how society thinks they should live. To be able to live as a free person and to be yourself, there is nothing more powerful than to be recognised as the person that you are. There is a project, there is a legacy that Rivera has left behind and it is called the Sylvia Rivera Law Project, which works to guarantee that all people are free to self-determine gender identity and expression, regardless of income or race, 
and without facing harassment, discrimination or violence. I will put a link in the show notes to that project. It is a fascinating read and it is amazing to see that so much has been left behind by the work that Rivera had done. And people who have gone before us have not set out to be remembered in this way. It is about having the freedom, having the peace, having the right to live as a free individual. If you've never faced any discrimination of any kind, it would be difficult, I believe it would be difficult for you to truly understand that heightened emotion that you have to deal with on a daily basis. You step out your front door, you never know what you're going to face. Your adrenaline is always on a state of alert. That is not good for your body, that's not good for your mind, it's not good for your spirit or your energy. And so having to fight for that freedom is important and it's powerful. And even when we get setbacks, you have to dust yourself off and you've got to keep going. You cannot hide behind your doors, even though sometimes you just want to. Sometimes you just cannot face the world outside. And those are the times when you can step back, regenerate, you know, pamper yourself however you see fit and then get up and go again. Because the more we hide, the easier it is for people to forget our existence. And when you look at the movements that have taken place over the years, those of us who are here today in 2023 have the kind of freedoms that the people who've gone before us have fought for. And so it is really good to remember them. It is good to acknowledge what they have done for us. You know, it is amazing to be able to think that somebody was fighting for people they didn't even know. Rivera is the first transgender activist to be included in the National Portrait Gallery in Washington, D.C. It is incredible to listen to stories, read stories about people who have gone before us. And you never know, you might be one of those people in the future that people talk about, that people acknowledge and people remember because you stood up for someone or a group, or the community at large. It isn't about doing it because of the recognition, but about doing it for the peace and safety and security and freedom for all. We don't want freedom for the few. We want everybody to be self-determining in their gender, to be able to express themselves, regardless of their income or race. Now, it is quite a legacy to leave behind and You know, I am truly grateful for the people that have fought for me as a black person, that I have these freedoms. And I do think there is a lot of similarities between the LGBTQ plus community and what black people, black and brown people have faced over the years. And some people may agree with that, some people may not. But I know as a queer person, I can see the similarities that are just incredible. And it's funny when you are black or brown and you're queer, you're gay, etc. And you realise you've got several battles on different fronts that you are having to deal with. And it is a lot. But this always reminds me that you are not on your own. That people have gone before you, people are here today and there are people that will come in after you who are doing their part for that peace, that freedom and the right to live as who you are. I am a fine art student and one of the things that stands out to me is just how much black and brown people have been erased, let alone women, have been erased throughout 
the centuries where art is concerned. And now more and more, there are the photographers, there are the artists, the poets, the writers, the creators are now becoming increasingly visible. We've never had more freedoms than we have today. And we must make the most of that and we must utilise that. It is essential. It's important. Yes, it's tiring. Sometimes it's bloody tiring and you think, you know, I'm just exhausted. But we cannot let up. We cannot let go. We can take a step back and take a beat. But we must keep going forward and showing up in whichever way works for us as individuals. I'm not here to tell you how that should look, how you should do that or how that should be. But what I am saying is as an individual, you have incredible gifts and skills and ways of being that can serve not just yourself, but your community. And by being you and sharing your your talents, however that shows up, by sharing that, you are already contributing. I'm not saying stand up on a podium or run down the street with a banner above your head. Whatever your talent is, whatever your skill, whatever your your greatest strengths are, you can use that to help your community and to serve those around you. It will come back to you. It will be paid back. And usually that payment is intrinsic. There's nothing more, there's nothing more wonderful than when you're able to support and help and encourage others. Just how that makes you feel just contributing to somebody's life, a single person's life. You know, I was listening to something on YouTube the other day and they talked about, I think they said it like, you're either a consumer or a creator. You either keep consuming material or you create and contribute. Now there's nothing wrong with consuming. I read, that makes me a consumer. But by doing this podcast, creating my art, writing, I am aiming to contribute and give back because I have been given so much and I am so fully aware of how much I have been given, even by the hugs or friendships of people I have met, people I spend time with who make me laugh. It's a way that they contribute and give back to me and I think it is beautiful and I appreciate it. So when I read and listen to stories of people who have gone before the members of the queer community, the LGBTQ plus community, when I look at their stories, it reminds me, I am always reminded that I cannot sit back and wait for the next person to stand up and be seen and to speak up. I need to do my part. And this is my way of doing that through my creative endeavours. The next person I want to share with you is Ifti Nassim. Ifti was a gay poet from Pakistan who emigrated to the US to escape the persecution for his sexuality. When Ifti was young, he wanted to be a dancer. But unfortunately, in his culture, in Muslim society, for a boy to want to be a dancer was seen as a disgrace. Despite this, Ifti did learn to dance, he did classical dancing and danced privately among very close friends. But his potential to be a dancer, his career, the desire to do that came to an end when he was shot in the leg while reading his own political poem. So unfortunately, that didn't, his desire to be a dancer didn't come to fruition. It was in his teenage years that he really acknowledged his homosexuality 
and then left his native country saying that in Islam, you can never be homosexual. You might as well be a dead person. He moved to Chicago in 1974, and although he was afraid to check out the gay scene, didn't know what to expect and would he be welcomed and accepted, once he did, he found the most thriving, amazing gay discos and said they were the nicest people on the planet Earth. Why haven't I been here before? It was non-stop party. I loved it. Can you imagine this young man coming over from a country that would have sentenced him to death and discovering gay discos. I mean, I would have loved to have seen his face. Despite all of the the fun, the parties, the discos, he did experience homophobia because we must remember this is 1970s US and he did join the gay liberation movement to fight against the discrimination that the gay community was facing. While he was able to live his life as an openly gay man, he was able to find his fashion and his style, which included fur coats and jewellery. Now, Ifty was a writer, he was a creative, and he wrote a regular column for the weekly Pakistan News, and he used it to expose the society's hypocrisies of what was called the so-called decent people, and he also had his own radio show. In 1986, Ifty along with others, founded Sangat, which is the Sanskrit for togetherness, a South Asian LGBT organisation in the US. Ifti wrote and released three books of poetry in Urdu dealing with the presence of homosexuals in the third world countries, becoming the first known gay Pakistani poet. He also became known for the controversial book Naman, which in Persian means hermaphrodite or half man, half woman. It is thought to be the first writing about gay desire and gay longing to be written in Urdu. The book Naman raises the topic of Islam's tolerance for homosexuals, wherein Ifti writes that God wouldn't have created me if he didn't want me to lead a happy and fulfilled life. God doesn't create trash. After his death in 2011, Nassim left a legacy of safe spaces, gay poetry and stories to inspire and encourage the young South Asian LGBTQ plus immigrant community. When I read stories of people like Ifti and Sylvia, it does make me think about what I'm doing, what my legacy will be, what I will leave behind. And I I suppose I would say, I just hope that the people I have met over the years, particularly within the queer community, I hope I have made them feel welcome. I hope I have made them feel seen, feel respected, because there's nothing worse than not being seen, not feeling like your life matters. When I read the stories of people who have gone before, they do remind me of what I have today. And I am thankful. I'm forever thankful for them. But I'm also reminded that these fights must continue to be fought. And why as a community we are stronger, as I've said before, we are stronger when we stand together, wherever you are on the queer spectrum. It was a real joy doing the research to find people who are queer pioneers, people who have paved the way for us, the people who have helped us have the lives we have today. And there will be more to come because there are just so many that it is... It's good to hear, it's good to read and with the internet 
we really have the opportunity to discover so many different queer people from around the world. And so I will do another Queer Pioneers episode because it was just fascinating. And it reminds me and encourages me to just keep going ahead, do my thing and to support my community as much as I can and to be there in whatever way fits within my abilities and endeavours as a creative because I want to use my skills to be able to to help my community and enable us to be more visible so that we become more accepted. I want to create a world where we are all free, where everybody is free, not just those in straight society because saying that even they have their own bonds and ties that hold them back. But there are those of us who face greater challenges because of who we are. And our lives do matter. Our lives are important. And to me, they're important enough that I will take time out to create work that helps our community to become more visible. I love the way that we are we are forever changing and adapting and moving forward. And it is delightful. It's powerful. It is incredible and we must continue to do that. But even better is to stand together to support each other, but also to remember the people that have paved the way for the path that we walk today. That brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to the stories of two people who have gone before us and paved the way for the queer community. If the episode was beneficial to you, do share it with someone you think will enjoy it. As always, thank you for listening to Talk to Touch. If you enjoy this show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and tune in every Monday for new episodes. Until then, I am Denver Shy, and don't forget, connection starts with open conversations.